We've got a Skerritt, we've got a Strathairn, and we've got many, many rivers. We're heading into our official podcast time zone, driving the Sienna into the Mountain West to ponder some movies about the beautiful big sky country. That's right, we're doing movies on Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana. Joining me to discuss Annoying Children and Tina the Fat Lard, I have the whole crew. Um, it's been a minute since we've all been together, and we've we've hurdled many uh, obstacle, but we are all here. From New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lundholm. Hi, Ann. Hillary, don't be jealous that I've been online chatting with babes all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, from... I, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler alert from COVID Centralia. It's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. Uh, good evening. Anne stole my line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Money Pit Studios, it's a Meredith Van Harn. Hi, Meredith. I don't even have any skills. <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least, from No Name Studios, it's Christy Wise. Hi, Christy. Hello. Hello. Uh, as usual, we'll do some small talk, mailbag, media talk, T-shirt recommends, and how you can get involved with the show. Um, I'm going to take the small talk, and since I sort of previewed it, I feel like you should go first, Bobby. Tell us your breaking news. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting how the timelines of these things work, because it's not really breaking news to us, because it's been several days now, although I haven't actually sort of declared it anywhere in the internet world oh, so sorry. you heard it here first that by the time this airs hopefully i will not have COVID anymore oh. womp, womp. <laughs> uh so we are recording uh thursday night sorry to peel back the curtain but it, it helps to make sense of the timeline here so um last weekend uh as we're recording this so just over a week ago now that you're hearing it and i assume that you're listening the moment it drops like good listeners you better be uh, I, I had what I figured was always my annual al April allergies. And we've done the show so long that you all know this. About a week and a half out of every year in the spring, I lose my voice. I just do. When I was hosting trivia, it really sucked because I would have to find covers for my shows. Um, I always just get scratchy throat. Um, it's usually the first really warm, uh, you know, warm week of the year, and that just happened in Albany. We're back to um, third winter now, but <laughs> it's uh, just enough for the potholes, right? It warms up just enough to thaw and destroy all oh the pavement, boy, and then it refreezes. It, you know, it is amazing how fast the potholes can form, isn't it? Yeah. Just like a couple of days. And that is not the only thing that formed quickly, because uh, I, I had allergies, and Sam was out here with me. We um, We actually went to a gala on Saturday night for another charity in town. And uh, I do not fault anyone at that event for getting me sick. I think it just is what it is. But um, my my congestion persisted uh, like Elizabeth Warren through the weekend. And so <laughs> on Tuesday morning, not I like had taken Elizabeth Monday. Warren. <laughs> I had taken Easter Monday off. Uh, I had taken Easter Monday off uh, because Sam was in town and had the day off because Patriots Day in Massachusetts. And so she didn't have to go to work. <laughs> Such a and I was sick holiday. the whole damn time. <laughs> and uh, we can't go to work in the office if we have uh, symptoms that could be COVID symptoms, or at least we have to fill out a little survey that says, hey, I don't, uh, you know, I, I got to do something. So I figured, well, I'll take a COVID swab test just to make sure I know it's allergies. In fact, early last week, late last week, rather, I had taken a couple of swab tests because I knew I was going to a big public thing. And I was like, I need to make sure this is just allergies and not COVID. So... 
Spop, negative, negative, negative. Tuesday morning, positive. Uh. Just, and not even like, maybe, maybe not positive. Like I swapped it and it was a 15 minute thing. And we've been doing these for work a lot. So I've gotten really good at it. And um, I walked away from my desk for a couple of minutes. I came back and it was just like, could not be more pregnant. Yeah, right. Just two very loud lines on the fucking test. And I just look at it. It's like 730 in the morning. I'm like, God damn it. And I call my boss. I have another coworker who was out last week and still isn't back yet because uh, we have to wait for a negative test to come back. And uh, I have another coworker who the day before had uh, called out because that person also now has COVID. And uh, I just called her and she's like, oh, Bobby, how are you? This is early. And I was like, it's not a good call. (laughs) And then she just paused and she said, yeah, I I guessed. (laughs) Calling at 730. So, uh, yeah, I have COVID. I am fine. Um, I didn't want to skip this week, mainly because I didn't want anyone to think I was dying if you found out I did have COVID. Um, I have been congested. I've had a little bit of fatigue and um, I don't want to use the phrase COVID fog, brain fog, because I don't think it's actually that bad. But I have had like a little bit of uh, loopiness and a little bit of probably just from the exhaustion. From the 420 but, uh, celebrations. <laughs> yeah, I had an all natural 420 celebration because I <laughs> I didn't need the help to space out and watch Brokeback Mountain. So uh yeah i did text sam last night and i said i'm i'm congested and sad now (laughs) foreshadowing for when we get to that movie uh yeah so i'm isolating in the albany apartment uh i had some insta instacart groceries delivered turns out like there are a ton of stores on instacart i had no idea but you can get restaurant depot to deliver (laughs) on instacart so if you need 12 pounds of cilantro or a two gallon jug of teriyaki uh marinade you can get that delivered well, to your home. Heck yeah. So I did not do that, but I am fine. Um, I'm still working. And so I have just a lot of Zoom calls and phone calls. And then today I just texted my team and I was like, I will be available in 90 minutes. I am going to lay down, which is mm. great. I should do that more often. Yes, <laughs> you should. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm here. I'm alive. Um, glad I'm triple vaccinated yeah. and generally relatively healthy because um I am incredibly privileged and spoiled to get to say that I have COVID and I'll probably be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sub-variant so, uh, or whatever we're calling it now uh, has really been ripping through the population up there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Congratulations. You're <laughs> yeah. in the club. You're getting <laughs> well, over with. I have to say, uh, so I'm missing Albany Symphony concerts this weekend because I obviously can't work the events. Even if I was healthy again, I wouldn't be able to work the events this weekend. But um, I am planning on going to Vegas at the end of next week for a work conference and uh the thought of being about as immune as possible to covid before i go to vegas is uh in the silver linings category i yeah. should say so yeah <laughs> so You're like i'm strong now that, now that now that airplanes are just uh just a bastions of freedom <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey don't tread on me man Oh, yeah. god i know i was nervous when i was on the plane last week there was a guy that came on this was before the mass mandate was lifted and there was a guy that came on with like a I wasn't explicit but it looked to me to be like he was definitely wearing like a gator around his neck and I'm like mm. it, in early COVID it was like things that aren't racist but seem racist and like a, like a gator kind of <laughs> and anything 
Um, and like kind of a a stretchy fabric that's gonna keep cool. And like a like a don't tread on me or you know blue lives matter type of shirt. And I was like, I'm concerned that this guy is gonna start some shit. (laughs) Like I'm I'm I have my eye on him. Ugh, I'm sorry, Bobby. That stinks. I'm trying to remember. It was when I flew last summer, and there was somebody who came on the plane with a an American flag bandana rolled halfway and then tied around. And so like the triangle was just sort of hanging down over his lips. God. Good job. Getting ready Thanks to rob the general store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks in advance for all of you who are thinking of me, if you are. And, uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, I'm testing negative and back out there in the world. Hustling. That's right. Um, yeah, you're hustling around your apartment. <laughs> we were talking I, about the other night. <laughs> it's funny. I feel bad that I'm not doing things because, oh god, like I, the apartment's not decorated still, and Sam's been giving me shit. Like I just have art leaned on walls, and like there's cleaning that needs to be done. And but I have like I have a built-in excuse. I'm supposed no, to do it's nothing not right the now. Time for that. No, exactly. this is why no. you say in your most pathetic voice. But I'm sick. I don't feel good. <laughs> oh my Bobby doesn't feel good. Um speaking of which, Meredith, you still have a bad nice. ear. I don't want to still... talk about it, but I had to bring it up. I went to the doctor again yesterday because I started to feel exactly the way I did when my ear infection started. I got through all ten days, all forty million drops in my ears. And I was fine and then it started to come back and I was like, dang it, I better go in so I messaged my doctor and they could get me in that same day this time, thankfully. So I didn't have to go to the walk-in clinic. So I went in and they, <laughs> it was kind of an otoscope adventure because <laughs> the the first exam room that I was in, the otoscope had been dropped on the floor and the little plastic, uh, you know, cap thingy wouldn't fit over it and wouldn't click in. <laughs> so oh we had to go to the room next door. And then that one was broken in the same exact way. And I was like, what kind of ghetto ass hospital is this? <laughs> oh, it's the hospital where I used to work. Um, and so the third exam room actually had a working otoscope and they poked and prodded and I was seen by a resident and he was like, well, I don't really see too much in there, but I'll have my attending come in and look. And she poked and prodded and was like, she didn't say anything for a really long time and was like pulling on my ear and it was really hurting. I was like, ow, ow. I was like, I don't like this. But I was also like slightly alarmed. Like, okay, what? This feels exactly the same way as it used to when when this infection first started. So I would be really surprised if it was something else. But she was like not talking and she was like looking and pulling and angling and poking. And eventually she was like, yeah, I think it's still the same thing it just looks a little bit different than it that did the first time according to the notes so this time they gave me pill antibiotics instead of drops which is twice a day antibiotics so that's a lot easier than four times a day drops um so hopefully this clears it up but i'm i'm a grumpy little baby again yeah well it's so annoying when you get like close to being well and then it's like ripped out for like it just doesn't quite get there. And yeah, then, I'm really kind yeah. of surprised. Like I this this happens if like maybe you don't finish your course of antibiotics, right? Because then yes, it'll come yes. roaring back with a vengeance. Yes. But it, that's not the case here. I definitely did. I followed all the rules. I'm a good student. Of I'm course, saving them for next time. <laughs> well, there were some left over. So as soon as it started, I was like, maybe I should put them back in. <laughs> maybe I should do drops again. But I didn't want to like create super bugs. So 
I didn't. Um, so anyway, hopefully this course clears it up. But yeah, my ears hurt. Have I'm you sorry. considered it could be a Wrath of Khan situation? That's a good thought. I should have brought that up to the doctor. But that's their <laughs> job. They should have brought that up to me. Yes. True. True. Ugh. Well, hopefully this next round knocks out. Or you're just going to have to get tubes. Or maybe I'll get tubes, yeah. As a 40-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness. Okay, well, we're going to we're going to end on something uh slightly more positive. I was off last week because I as previously mentioned, I took um the newly minted tween on a trip to San Francisco and it was a great trip. We had such a good time. Um I will spare like intense details, but um we got there Thursday morning and the hotel we were staying which was it was very well located. Um, it was currently kind of under construction, not under construction. They were just like rehabbing it. So it was like the lobby was kind of chaotic, and but the room was fine. And honestly, the, the it was really well-priced. And now I know why it was really well-priced, but the look, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this now makes sense. Uh, but the location couldn't be beat. It was, it was right in Union Square. So um, we got there. It, the first day we got there, it was a little rainy and cold. So I, we just kind of kept it like, we just kept it. Well, we couldn't quite check in. So it was like, all right, let's drop our stuff. And then we went to this lunch place that uh, Christy had recommended, which was great. Um, it was very Instagrammy. So Bridget was very excited because you could take pictures. And the food was delicious. It was so good. Thank you, Christy. I really so appreciate good. it. It was really I good. I still think about that. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and... Yeah, then we just kind of like walked around and then, and then Friday I was like, all right, let's hoof it. We're walking around, we're we go through Chinatown and the only thing that I realized I'm like and I probably was like this with my parents too. I'm like, look at the architecture. It's so different. Look at the landscape. It's so different than where you live and you know, this is where mommy used to work and this is well and she kind of was like, Mm-hmm. Like doesn't really <laughs> care. And yeah. I'm like I know Being and polite. I'm like I know. And I'm like, look at this. This is you know, the Chinese started to come here, you know, like trying to give the history and she's like, Okay, 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 okay. And then we went to the Exploratorium, which that the only the Exploratorium is great. The only reason why it was super interesting. It was the only place I was surprised and I did remember it was the only place that explicitly asked for um our vaccination cards, which I was like, I, I remembered them. Like I kept reminding myself, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And so I had them, like, I was so excited to give them. like, here you go. I have them here. They're right here. Um, but I'm she, a good girl. I know I did. <laughs> I checked the box. I did it. Um, we did that. It was super fun. Then we went to the ferry building, which I loved. We met up with some, uh, an old friend of mine and, um, got sushi and we just, I mean, I, oh, and then I did make her walk across the golden gate bridge which she didn't want to do but i made her do it and it ended up being great it was a little bit chilly but it was sunny so mm, and i'm just there on the bridge uh, super yeah, windy super windy but i was like look at the vistas and i'm pointing to alcatraz and like explaining and again she's like mm, cool like this is neat <laughs> but i'm like trying to really make an impact on her um really all she wanted to do is take my phone so she could like do a TikTok on the Golden Gate Bridge um which maybe she did I can't remember but um yeah we saw we went out to the East Bay and saw some of my old friends and had lunch with them and 
No, it was a great trip. It was, you know, by the time we were done, we had done so much walking and so much just sort of ambling around that I was like exhausted by the end. I'm, like the last night she said, mommy, I don't want to go out to dinner. I'm kind of sick of going out to dinner. And I said, I, <laughs> I know, baby. So I just like had, went and picked up something from a restaurant. But the one thing, you know, having done our show about like, what are you cheap about? I'm not really cheap about going out to eat that much when I'm like, okay, we're on vacation. This is what we're doing. This is the thing I forget about San Francisco. And now while I'll say Austin has gotten way more expensive as I've lived here, especially the housing, but everything in San Francisco is so expensive. And I was like, every meal was over a hundred dollars. And yes, I did have, I did have a drink or two. Like it wasn't like I was like sober, but I wasn't like getting lit. It wasn't, and and I'm cheap about what I order. I'm not like ordering the nicest glass of wine or anything, but it was just like every meal was $20 and we weren't going to super nice places. And I just, I remember calling Dave and saying the American Express bill is going to be kind of high this month. Just like, I need you to Mm -hmm. be mentally prepared for that to happen. He was like, no, no, I know. Um, and I had, we, I, it's, I knew it was going to be expensive. So I was, but I get to the point where it's like, I feel like I've been spending so much money. Um, for another time, I, this is way too long of a story, but I will tell my Bart story, which is essentially, um, Bart still thinks I'm traveling within it right now. So, um, <laughs> I'm apparently still in the system and that will be for next, a, a little teaser. That'll be for next week of how I'm still traveling in the Bart system even though I'm in Austin, Texas. But anyway, besides that, it was really fun. We had a good time. That sounds fun. And she may yeah. not appreciate your historical contextualizing now. <laughs> but I bet but she, she will, will someday. I know. You know, I think when I was 10 and going to, uh, you know, different little things, I'd be like, oh, this is stupid. I don't want to go. Like going to the Washington Monument, probably thinking it was dumb. And now I'm like, oh, you know, that means blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, I the one thing that I remember that I hated and I forgot that I hated I fucking hate Fisherman's Wharf. It is disgusting and I never <laughs> want to go back there again. I Bridget really want to go to Ghirardelli, which of course we went, but I was like let let's just go over there. I don't need to be. My dad was like, "You didn't see the seals?" and I'm like, "No, it's, it's like stinky. It's so gross and there's like a thousand people there." I mean, people were out and about in San Francisco. So it was good to see it like thriving, but it was just like so many people, so much humanity. I was like, "Get out of here. We got to go." So I mean, I guess you have to see it once, but then I was done. Do you, though? No, you don't. And I've been enough times. Bridget has seen it once, and now she is done. Um, and with that, Meredith, you want to take the mailbag? Yeah, let's talk about last week's question of the week, which is, what's your favorite Easter treat? And we didn't restrict this to food, but I think they're all food. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Um, Missy says, <laughs> this is a good plug. Very good, Missy. Personalized ceramic Easter eggs by my mom, Camille Murphy. Buy them on her Etsy. <laughs> and then she does give a link. Excited to share this item from my Etsy shop, Lamb and Chick. Personalized ceramic Easter egg. And there's a link on Um uh, Before she, I have so many of these you would not i will <laughs> i, I will take do. a picture i have one i didn't get bit missy you're such a bitch i didn't get any for my kids this year i usually get them like sent to me um i think i have one for every year maybe until 2020 of my children's life plus a couple for duchess i have That's so adorable. many of them and i had them laid out and all of a sudden i was like there's too there's too many of me. i have too many of these you're becoming a collector you need yes. like a corner cabinet <laughs> yes exactly. with your china in it yes uh she also says just kidding it's a tie between sweet tart chicks ducks 
and bunnies or Cadbury mini eggs. I don't even really like chocolate, but that crackly shell and milk chocolate. Yes, uh, yeah. I agree. agree. I was at the grocery store a couple of days before Easter, and I thought, oh, I'm ready to get the sweet tart, chick ducks, and bunnies. There was not a bag to be found. There was only chocolate and then jelly beans, but no other candies that are trying to horn in on the holiday. Mm. I was really disappointed. I was looking forward to my sweet tart animals. Hmm. I got one box of the sweet tarts, like the movie theater candy styes oh. box. I didn't yeah. know they did those for uh, holidays. I didn't either, but that's the one way I could find the sweet tart bunnies and chicks. Hmm. I wonder if it's a supply chain thing. <laughs> I guess you got. I'm blaming everything on supply chain right now. I think you yeah. got to get to Target pretty early to get those. That's my guess. Hmm. Remember um, when we were kids, though, and and you would find gobs of Easter candy on clearance after. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've really reined in. It's just like how every flight is now absolutely full. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like, see any. I went to Target on like Tuesday and I didn't see any extra candy. Yeah. I was pretty bummed. Well, yeah. what scares me about that is the possibility they're just um, stocking it in the warehouse until next year. <laughs> For next year. Yeah. God. That's yeah. very possible. Yeah. Um, Lane says the very specific cheesecake my dad makes called Mother Brandisi's cheese <laughs> cheese ecstasy. <laughs> I've experienced it's, cheese ecstasy. Ecstasy. <laughs> it's a recipe from the mother of one of my mom's friends from my parents' hippie twenties in Chicago. Sunshine Brandisi. I this like gave me pause because I know somebody named Rainbow. Who oh. is a hippie in that same probably vein? I was like, I wonder if Sunshine and Rainbow know each other. <laughs> I went to school with a girl named, and I kid you not, Sunshine Day. Oh, wow. wow. That's just mean. Why would your parents do that to you? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cruel. Um, Lane says he pulls out the same stained 50 plus year old piece of paper to make it each year. And that is absolutely part of the charm. Yeah. I love that. Those old recipes are great. Yeah. My mom has tons of those on index cards from her mother. Yeah, there's like grease stains on them. I love that stuff. Uh, Joseph says, my mom would always get us each a couple of these eggs every year, like a normal truffle, but twice the size with a sugary flour on top. And there's pictures. Those look so good. (laughs) Yeah, I would eat those. Yep. Absolutely. Amanda says, I like Robin's eggs candy, but didn't find them this year. Another supply chain issue. See? (laughs) conspiracy this is a problem i blame vladimir putin yeah (laughs) brandon says pizza rustica back in the olden days the italian catholics would fast one meal per day and that's not not fasting (laughs) i know that makes me laugh that that's fasting (laughs) well it's italian fasting not eat meat for the entirety of lent the 40 days leading up to easter then on easter morning you would have this incredibly rich cheese and meat filled pie as a brunch dish and there's a link to it Ooh, and boy. six hours later, yeah. yeah, you would be in the bathroom. <laughs> I sure uh, would be. Yeah. That's rough. Uh, Callie says, Cadbury mini eggs. My husband bought me a tiny snack pack this year, and then when I went to the grocery store the day after <gasps> Easter, there were none on sale. And I mean zero. That's sad. That, that's sad. Yeah, that's a tragedy. We're it having really this is. universal experience of yeah. Easter clearance, Easter candy shortage. This is the worst tragedy so far. <laughs> Of the uh, worst Anne tragedy said, of 2022, of for sure. Yep, definitely. Anne says black jelly beans. Gross. Um, I promise I'm not trying to be a pill, and my sister loves them too. 
Christy, and knows you, us. Christy, are you a black jelly aficionado? No. Oh. I figured you would be since you like all the weird candy. <laughs> Gregory loves it's, them. It's nice to have somebody around that you can dispose those things. The garbage. <laughs> yeah. I like black licorice, um, but not jelly beans. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because usually the people who like black licorice also, because they're very similar. Mm-hmm. No. Julie says homemade hot cross buns. I haven't had them in years because I'm the only one in the house who will eat them. What do you mean? Why? I'll eat them. What's wrong with everyone in your house? That I don't don't see that to be a problem, though. (laughs) Yeah, it's not really a problem, I guess. Uh, Kristen just replied with a picture of uh, Easter hunt eggs, racks. I can't figure out what are they jelly beans I it looks they're marshmallow so. Easter marshmallow Easter oh. eggs. My, my oh with a little candy shell little. thingy on them Weird. Oh, those are those are good i need to zoom in <laughs> individually wrapped oh i don't think I know what these are. you just <laughs> they, zoomed them in for all of us <laughs> the individually wrapped really gets me because Anne, you were talking about it. Was it like it's just like i don't want to deal with these wrappers too well, many wrappers also then there's evidence right. <laughs> yes exactly you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes there's there's tangible evidence of the sin i've committed against my body <laughs> well yeah and then you have to re- like you get reminded of it later when you empty the trash you're like yeah, oh, boy, exactly. yeah, I definitely did that. <laughs> uh, and finally Anne louise says similar to bobby's cheesecake factory friend my brother spent christmas break in college one year working at the honey baked ham factory I will devour a ham at any holiday party, but not without thinking about how gross it sounded to leave work covered in the glaze. Oh, that is repulsive. (laughs) That does. I mean, when you work in food service, that's what I had clothes that were I would only ever wear to work when I worked in the kitchen because like your shoes get covered in eggs and French fry Mm -hmm. grease. grease. They just take, you know, they just smell disgusting and you're never going to wear those things. Steamed milk. That was the coffee shop smell. The smell of steamed milk. Uh, Taco John's mild sauce (laughs) from my fingertips to my elbows. (laughs) God. I definitely was instructed to empty the fryer one time without anyone ever showing me how to do it. So I was like, this plastic five gallon bucket will surely be fine. Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't fine. I was a child. That's my excuse. Honey baked ham, side note. We were out running errands. This is before I had COVID last weekend or was or at it? least before or at least before i knew it <laughs> and um we drove past the honey baked ham store and just the longest line and i was like of course it's the day before easter it's their christmas or yeah. their yeah. black friday or their whatever it's their super bowl and it, it, i've never actually had ham legit from the honey baked ham factory sam was amused because they have a sign in the window saying they also sell sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you could just go in and get a slab of honey baked ham on bread that well, that's their side hustle. There's a there's a place here. Well, one, the honey baked ham's pretty good. There's there's a place here called like Texas ham or Texas honey baked something and they sell really good sandwiches and really good uh uh breakfast tacos, obviously. Obviously. Oh, I'm not Of I, course. I, I'm sure it's great. I just <laughs> I Figured, just thought it was funny that like, oh yeah, right. It's their one big day. Yeah, they're like the I line Easter. outside of that place yeah. right before holidays. Yeah. yeah, I've always wondered how they make it. Them and um, edible arrangements, yeah. <laughs> because there's absolutely nothing going on edible arrangements except for like graduation weekends and Mother's Day. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I'm like, is that really enough business to sustain them the other 360 odd days of the year? Maybe like Administrative Professionals Day? I'm trying to think Suppose. of like any other situation where you Everybody would get Everybody has an ant they don't know well enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there is an edible arrangement that was two doors down. It still is two doors down from my store. And I never once saw a customer in there when I was walking by. It's a front. Maybe it's a front. I was much, wondering about that. We got ourselves a little money laundering going on. Uh, much like the sandwiches, though, uh, Edible Arrangements is in that coupon book I do for Buffalo every year. And they do smoothies on the side. Oh. Some oh, of them. What? And I'm guessing oh, that's that what they do something with all that fruit. Yeah. All the, that's and all really the fruit smart. that wasn't perfectly round, right? Like mm-hmm. you melon ball the shit out of it, but then you've got all this scrap melon left. Right. Smoothie. <laughs> mm, scrap <Smart>. melon smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, shall we get into the uh, main event? Yes. Mm. Uh, as Hillary mentioned in the intro, we are buckling back up into the Toyota Sienna. So Hillary's driving. Who's <laughs> yes. navigating this? Who's the best navigator? Can I use my cell phone? No, it's it's oh. a it's, <laughs> it's a, a map. Sorry. Yep, it's a <laughs> road map. It's a it's a triple A road map. Do we so do we have it's a, a trip time tech? machine? <laughs> I'm pretty good at map reading. I enjoy it too. Okay. All I'll right. Then then who's the one who's sitting in the way back who's disengaged <laughs> from the rest of the family? Hillary. Me. That's okay. me. No, I'm driving. Hillary's driving. <laughs> That'll be me. Uh so then Bobby and I are fighting over uh space. Snacks and radio. Snacks and radio. <laughs> I, I we're gonna have the Hillary, he's touching me. He's in my space, Hillary. And then like shut up and then I turn on like Hamilton and you guys are like, No and I'm like, Shut up, I'm driving. <laughs> Oh, this sounds lovely. I know. Well, we have made it. We've headed west across the Dakotas, and we are rolling into Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, the great, I guess, western wilderness area. You know, at least through most of these movies that we've picked, there aren't a lot of people uh, in them. Small casts keeps the (laughs) costs down, I guess. And uh, we have picked four movies. Uh, Bobby claimed that we picked the only good four movies. And so he was just going to piggyback on Christy's pick. I mean, he's not wrong. No, it's almost no. like he knew he was going to get COVID and wasn't going to want to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I did offer you all the 1964 classic Mail Order Bride. <laughs> yeah, okay. we made the right choice. Yeah, exactly. Well, so how we decided to do this is not in chronological order of release or a time period in which the movie was set, but in a way that makes sense to us. And that being said, um, let's cry for a while, guys. Meredith, can you kick us off? Yeah, we thought we would start with the saddest movie on Earth um, and then kind of bring it up. So I chose Brokeback Mountain um, because it makes everyone on Earth cry, except for me. I didn't cry. And the um, homophobic people, maybe. Yeah, they and don't the homophobic. Cry. Well, it makes them cry <laughs> the most, which is makes part, it like, makes kind of the r- best part. Randy Quaid cry because he like sued the company, the production company, and he was oddly third billed in this, which is he was the boss, <laughs> the hateful boss. Yeah, yeah. Did like he not know scenes. what? 
Wait, why did he sue? Because he's crazy, and this he's is like insane. you know he's in that. that. Um, but he, this movie actually made like for how much it cost made like a lot of money, um, mm-hmm. and it was just one of those just sort of slow roll hits that everybody was like, oh, you have to see it; it's really good or whatever. There was this curiosity about it, and he said that the production company hid the fact that it was going to be a hit, and they underpaid <laughs> him. <laughs> He didn't win. He didn't win this. No, roster, no, no, sure. Right? No, no. The movie about the gay cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Secret hit. They knew it was going to be a hit. He even got to be homophobic in it. Like, come yeah. on. Right. <laughs> well, if who's that? Who's had... that other guy? Uh, Sam Elliott that also hates gay cowboys. Yes. <laughs> There's so many people who hate gay cowboys. Yeah. I I titled my notes uh, "Broke Back Mountain: An Office Romance Gone Wrong." <laughs> well, that's one way to look at that's it. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of true. Um so if anyone like there's probably one person on earth who hasn't seen this movie, but um it's Heath Ledger, aw, Heath Ledger oh, as oh, Ennis and Jake Gyllenhaal as Jack Twist. What a name. Yep. Um, <laughs> Jack Twist, Jack Nasty. Nasty. <laughs> Jack Nasty. And they are cowboys, and they're going to go up to Brokeback Mountain to watch over these sheep with Randy Quaid as their jerk boss. Um, And they're supposed to basically be, like, in separate places the whole time, but they spend, I don't know, a month or something up there? It's hard to tell. Um, I thought it was all summer. It might have been all summer. There's also a snowstorm, but they're on a mountain. It got cut short. For some reason, yeah, because it was winter, because it snowed yeah. early. Oh, well, something. Yeah, there, there was, was another storm coming. Bad storm, and their sheep got all tangled up with some Chilean sheep. Um, oh no, not the Chilean <laughs> sheep! I know. So Randy Quaid got all mad and made him come down. And Jack's uncle had pneumonia, and it was a whole thing. But so these these two were kind of, I don't know. They were they were reluctant coworkers, and then they fell in love, and um. The first kind of sign of sweetness is when Ennis um, is coming back with their provisions and he comes across a bear in a river and gets um, vaguely injured. Like he gets, what does he get? Like bucked off of his horse or something. <laughs> and um, Jack is like dabbing at his head with a, with a cloth when he gets back to camp. And it was a very sweet little moment. And Ennis, who is this kind of like, unable to be emotive in any way or feel anything he like takes the rag from him and dabs at his own head and that kind of is Ennis in a nutshell I think Mm -hmm. um this is the gay cowboy version of breaking a heel at the start of the movie right definitely (laughs) yeah yep yep um but they they spend an evening kind of drinking whiskey and it's very cold out and they end up in the same tight tent and then they kind of hook up in the tent and there's immediate consequence in that a sheep gets killed because <laughs> they weren't watching the sheep. Um, they basically kind of like say no homo to each other and get back to work. Um, but they definitely have a connection and um, they kind of can't help it. Um, they both feel like they're straight. Um, Ennis is engaged uh, to uh, Michelle Williams and he plans to marry her when he gets off the mountain. Um, so eventually they part ways, and that does happen. He does get married to Michelle Williams. They have two little kids. Um, Ennis is just sort of like a toxic 
masculinity, like self-hating mm-hmm. uh, yeah. gay guy. Like he's kind of a homophobic gay guy. Um, yeah. Do you think that he would, I wouldn't say that he was like full. I think Jack is definitely gay. Like yep. he would hook up all over the place. I think that Ennis was in love with Jack and that's it. I don't think he would have like I hooked agree. up with other guys. Yeah. He didn't have any other liaisons and Jack definitely did. Um, Ennis Jack like men and yeah. Ennis like yeah. Jack. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, Jack eventually marries Anne Hathaway. Um, Lorraine. Yeah. I love that name. <laughs> moves to Texas. Uh, her family has a lot of money, so he's suddenly very comfortable, and Ennis kind of struggles for the rest of his life. This movie spans, like, a long time, like 20 years, 20, yeah. 30 years or something. Um, and it's just sort of a – it's a long, long love story where they, they come together briefly – and and then are apart for really long periods of time, and Ennis eventually gets divorced and um, has a girlfriend who he also alienates. Um, but you know the the kind of saddest moment to me is when they are meeting, kind of for one of the last times, and Jack is driving to Ennis and he's so excited he's like singing in his car and he eventually like kind of propose not proposes to Ennis but is like you know we could be together we could we could have a life together and Ennis is like there's no way this is possible I can't do that and he Jack drives back home crying (laughs) you know it's just like it's just so heart shattering it's interesting because Ennis is right yeah, he is right in yeah. that they can't have the kind of life together that they want. And he has several examples, including, you know, the old gay guys who lived together on a ranch and got beaten to death. Maybe he, by he, his dad. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Right. And yeah. this, yeah, this movie, I should state starts in the 60s, like 64, I think is when yeah. it starts. So there's there's no life not, for them as yeah, there really is open gay mm-hmm. and a life of incredible um, danger for them even if they were just quote-unquote roommates if they were just Bert and Ernie-ing it um it's <laughs> still super dangerous for them but Jack's the one who's a dreamer and it's like you know he's I think he's more comfortable yeah oh yeah for gay. sure yeah yeah I mean he yeah. goes to Mexico after this encounter and picks up a prostitute a male prostitute and there's also kind of an illusion that he has an affair with David Harbour from Stranger Things. <laughs> yes. I had no idea. Of Definitely course, did. I did not know that was David Harbour back when I saw Broke. I know. I, I know. Either. It's Anna Ferris and David Harbour. Yeah. I know. They're uh-huh. at like a, 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 a fundraiser, I think, in Texas. Yeah. With them. She's a tri-del so. from SMU. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of I you. Thought um, no, I definitely think, yeah, it's, it's sad because he, um, Jack is the one that's like, no, we can do this. We can do this. We can figure it out. And he's the one that, you know, I, uh, they make it like, I think pretty clear that they have this company line about how he died, but it seems to be that probably he was found out or whatever. And he was, yeah. So you know. there is a scene where Ennis is telling Jack about how, like, Aunt, like you said, and the, the, his dad was telling them about a gay couple who was basically lynched. Um, when, and, he, and, and, and Ennis's dad took him and his brother to see this guy. 
and see his dead body, which is like so brutal, so messed up. Yeah. Um, to basically as a warning, like don't don't do this. Um, you know, and so I think that's kind of what's in his mind this whole time. He's like, this is what's going to happen. And when he hears that Jack dies, um, his wife tells him that Jack died because a tire blew up in his face and then he drowned in his own blood. But that Ennis kind of imagines him being killed. Oh, I thought that they were showing what really happened. Yeah, that's not what that I he was too. imagining it. Well, I don't, I don't know if it was very clear. Uh, I the only reason why I thought it is because the way that she says it is very like, yeah, matter like of reading fact, a script yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. Very like this is yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah we're not going to actually say mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. happened because that's like embarrassing to the family or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Ennis goes to Jack's um, childhood home and meets his parents and his dad. <laughs> I mean, they seem to know what was going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and his mother says, you can go up to his room if you like. And he finds the shirt. Oh, God. The shirt. I know. This shirt, the shirt hanging in Jack's closet from when they had a little brawl on the mountain and got each other all bloodied up. And there's still blood stains on it. And he takes the shirt. His mother, Jack's mother, lets Ennis take the shirt. And That's he... two shirts, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, in he the brings one it inside. behind the closet. There's Ennis's shirt, and then Jack's shirt is hung over it. Yes, right. And then I think the last scene is that it's reversed. Yep, it's the other shirt is on top, and he. So this is the their last argument is the I wish I knew how to quit you. That's where mm-hmm. that comes from. Um, and I then, really hate that that kind of became a meme. I know because yeah. it's yeah. really a. A, a beautiful and heart-wrenching and terrible scene and then to have people kind of use it as a joke is disrespectful yeah. yeah it doesn't feel the same as it did the first time i saw this movie um but the the final scene is these two shirts one on top of the other and he is um ennis has like tears in his eyes and he says jack i swear and there's a oh. picture of oh, there's a postcard mm-hmm. of brokeback mountain on it the, the Jack, I swear, like when he says that, that like I that, yeah, I, this yep. time I was like, I've, you know, I've seen it a couple of times. Like I know what happens. It's not, I mean, it's not that it's not moving, but it's not surprising, but I like it ended and I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, because my... Ennis so clearly loves him and Ennis is, yeah. like, he has such a hard time showing emotion. Yeah. Yeah. My strategy was to watch the last half of it at the gym on the elliptical. Oh, no. Yeah. On purpose. Because I was like, this will keep me from breaking Watching down in and public. sobbing. Yeah. In the middle. <laughs> and I, uh, I only cried a little. So <laughs> let's call it a success. It was a win. It was a win. Well, it is. It, I mean, beyond the story, it is. It, it's so beautifully shot. I mean, Angley oh won gosh. Best Director for it. It is one of the worst um losses in a uh best picture race because crash won that (laughs) it was the crash year but i honestly think crash winning kind of really more like memorializes this as like such an amazing movie because it's like why the fuck did that movie win which is just even at the time i was like this movie is stupid like this is such a terrible movie but um but only won and i um you know, as I always refer to Blank Check, they did a series on, on Ang Lee and his movies are so, it's wild 
the different movies he makes. Like he doesn't stick to a genre. You know, he made freaking Sense and Sensibility and the Hulk, and, right? <laughs> yeah, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Brokeback Mountain. You know, it just is like he's his interests very widely. But I think he's a beautiful um, filmmaker. But the one funny thing that I did learn from Blink Check is that. He hated working with sheep so much in Sense and Sensibility mm-hmm. that if it's a wide <laughs> shot, the sheep are CGI'd in this. Like if it's close, they're sheep, but a lot of them are copy pasted. But in if it's a wide shot, it's there because he's like, I'm not working with sheep again. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, have Good any of y'all read the um, short story Mm-mm. or mm-hmm. the novella? I don't think it's a short story novella. I, I haven't either. I have a story. I, I've heard it's really beautiful, and and Annie Prue who wrote it apparently was like very proud of this like I, she wrote the shipping news as well which is a movie i have not seen but i remember getting really bad reviews um and she hated it and she thought it was terrible but she loved this and thought it was like a really good representation of her writing yeah it's beautiful and it the the acting is by and large impeccable uh, i mean especially Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Is, was wonderful yeah well, well he has to do so much with so little yeah. as a person he who barely is so says interior Yep. And who is so walled off from his own feelings. Tough to work with that. Obviously, Michelle Williams is astounding. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. She really this, is. I mean, they can just sit on a close-up of her face for 10 seconds, and you don't know what she's doing. Like, you couldn't be like, there she frowns, because she doesn't. But you can see mm-hmm. the emotions running across her face. It's amazing. I will say I thought Anne Hathaway is a little bit miscast. Well, she, she was movie, really young. Like she was like, tw- I mean, they were all young, but she was like 22 or something. I mean, I remember being very shocked to see her breasts <laughs> because I think I'd only seen her in like the Princess Ellen Diaries Enchanted. Ellen Enchanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I just think that her vibe is a little bit more modern. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It didn't fit so well. I thought she did better when they got into the 80s. Yeah. But the the wigs were really distracting to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe that only, was the point. She's the only one of the four, I believe, that wasn't nominated for an acting award. Well, um, so she doesn't really have an interior no, life. No, the she doesn't. doesn't. The only time she shows, the only time I thought that she, I was like, oh, she did a good job was when she is talking to Ennis on the phone when she's oh, telling yeah. him like, and, and mm-hmm. she, she kind of recognizes who he is all of a sudden, like, Oh, and yeah. you can kind of see it switching her eyes a little bit. I was like, Oh, she did a good, she did a little good job there. Yeah. But the scene that Michelle Williams, well, I had gone into, like, I hated her on Dawson's Creek so much. I was yep. like, oh, she's so annoying. I hate her. <laughs> um, and so when she started to become an actress, I was kind of like, whatever, gross. I hate Michelle Williams. But w- in watching this, and now I like her, but in watching this, the scene where she sees, um, Jack and Ennis, they think they're hiding, but they're kissing like mm-hmm. very passionately in a way that he has for sure never kissed her. You know, yeah. he's never yeah. had that amount of emotion. The way she reacts to it is, I was like, oh my gosh, she's such a good actress. Like she can't say anything because what is she going to say? And it's the 60s or 70s and, you know. She doesn't not, have any autonomy or freedom or anything. And probably yeah. doesn't have the vocabulary also to really say what she saw but she I, I just thought it was a, a great piece of acting there well this as as a child of a, a gay guy who yeah yeah uh, wasn't mm-hmm. out when he had three kids and then left his wife this was this has always been a really kind of painful story in a lot of ways because 
yes, it's a love story and it's very romantic and they love each other, but they leave so much destruction. In yeah. The yep. And yep. that is the, that is the, one of the huge tragedies of homophobia is that it hurts the spouses so much and the children yeah. so, yeah. so much. Um, you know, I don't think that my dad had this exact situation, but I do know for a fact that every time my mom had a baby, he went on a camping trip Yeah, <laughs> that week. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what went on. I don't want to know, but it, it was probably something like this. <laughs> it was probably an escape yeah. um, from his home life and from this life that he didn't, he wanted kids, but you know, th- it wasn't his cho- chosen life, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't be the way that he would have conduct himself now, certainly. Um, so Michelle Williams' performance was kind of like gut-wrenching for me in a couple different ways because she portrayed the the wife role so well just yeah. with her facial expressions. Like there's that scene where she's sitting at the table with her cup of coffee or whatever and her face is just scrunched up in this exact way that I'm just like, whoa, I know exactly what she's thinking. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I actually think um, Kate Mara did a good job where, you know, she's the daughter. And when mm-hmm. he's trying to date um, Linda Cardellini, I don't know the characters' names. Um, Cassie. I guess, Cassie. I guess she's, and I guess she's Alma Jr., um, which respect yeah, for naming, name. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> naming your daughter after yourself. But she's like, she kind of knows, like, this isn't for you, you know, like, why are you with this woman? Yeah. I mean, I don't even think she was trying to be cruel to the woman. I just think she's like, this is not... Yeah, this is not going to work. Yeah, I, I think the quote-unquote happiest outcome for this movie, what the, I would hope that somewhere before he dies, that Ennis has a conversation with his daughter, yeah. well, both of his daughters, I guess. The other one, the younger one, is not much of a presence in the movie, but that he has a conversation where he can talk about this with her and talk about this love in his life and why he took the actions that he did and how he felt so trapped and why he hurt them and hurt their mother. And I, I, you know, I don't necessarily see it happening because he doesn't have a whole lot of emotional growth. No, no. And a few words. (laughs) Not a lot of emotional intelligence. I don't think he was very violent. Yeah. This movie, he took out his anger Mm -hmm. on strangers and (laughs) the people that he loved. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a like a wounded animal or sometimes a cornered yeah. animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just he has n- no idea of how to express himself other than to to lash out. Yeah. But it is hard when you have to talk through a half-closed mouth. <laughs> he never opened his mouth all the way. Because I mean he he was a really good actor and yeah. yep. he was so I in my head he was in his 30s but he was 28 when he died. Mhm. Yeah. Which I, yeah. is wild to me. The way they made them mm-hmm. age was amazing to me, too. Like, seeing it on a high-definition mm-hmm. screen was like, wow, they really made them, like, have eye wrinkles. And it looked realistic. Yeah. Looked realistic and not, like, a weird mm-hmm. prosthetic. Yeah, well, exactly. Jake Gyllenhaal's mustache was doing a lot of work. <laughs> I love how much Jake Gyllenhaal did the cowboy stance where he was, like, leaning against something and looking down. And yep. smoking a cigarette. That, yeah. I did also like the scene where he stands up to his father-in-law. I was like, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He kind of, like, was was railroaded by his, his in-laws, who clearly don't like him. And he stands up to them at the Thanksgiving table, <laughs> making the TV stay off during dinner, and then carving the turkey. <laughs> He's, like, kind of coming into his own a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ugh, I was thinking, I, and not that it's any like new insight, but you know, the division of labor in the Thanksgiving feast oh, is that mm-hmm. they even say specifically that Anne Hathaway has spent three hours preparing the meal, oh, and then the two men get into a giant fight over who gets to <laughs> carve the fucking turkey. Well, and I thought like only three <laughs> hours. Damn. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did she buy it? Like, what? I wrote, to- I, I labeled him in my notes, toxic masculinity grandpa. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. You need your boy to grow up watching football. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. Wouldn't want him to become one of them queers. I don't know. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, well, it's good yeah, movie. it's a great sad. movie. It's indescribably yeah. sad. Yeah. I think the people who maybe really need to see it in this world never would. Probably never will. will. No. no. Yeah. And I remember back in 2005, there was a lot of discussion of are Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger risking their careers yes. by oh, playing yeah. gay mm-hmm. roles? Um. Well, you know, like. A bunch of people were offered this that were like, no, like Matt Damon wouldn't do it. Um, obviously, Mark Wahlberg would not <laughs> oh God. do it. Oh God. <laughs> he would never be allowed back in Boston. If right. he did that. Talk about toxic masculinity. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I think I think it worked. I think yeah. they, they got the right, the right people. Yeah. yeah. I will throw out there. I have not watched it. And I'm sure as you were pulling it up on your streaming devices, you may have noticed it. There is a contemporary opera setting of the same short story oh. that was done after the movie by a composer named Charles Warren, who just died a couple of years ago. He was sort of one of the um, one of the great elder statesmen in those to say old white contemporary composers of the 20th century into the 21st century. And he was quite taken by the film and decided he wanted to set it to an opera and it was filmed when they did that which was in 2014 so if you go into your streaming device and you search for Brokeback Mountain it's probably one of the other boxes that comes up on your smart TV oh Uh, I don't know that I I even noticed that yeah if you if you do it on something like um I know we did I did on the Amazon TV here I sound like such an old man when I say it that way, but <laughs> on the Amazon um, TV, it comes up from like two streaming services I've never heard of before. But I'll I'll give it a click one of these days and see if see how it stacks up to the movie. I'm, it's either really good or really bad. My guess is that it hasn't been staged again since, so it's probably not great. Oh. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of which, the score is beautiful in this. Yes, it is. Oh my it's, gosh, it it's really, really yeah. beautiful. <sighs> it's a good movie. Yeah. Well. Good movie. Let's transition to another story about men. This was a story about men, a slightly different story about men. I was thinking about these two movies in contrast. Uh, and Brokeback Mountain is a picture of real life. And this next is a male fantasy <laughs> yes. of sorts. Hillary, if you would like to take us into it. All right. I am... I. Uh, chose uh, Robert Redford's A River Runs Through It, a movie from 1992, um, which weirdly I think I saw in theaters, which I'm like, why when I was 14 (laughs) was I like gunning? And it wasn't like I was that big. I think I just saw movies in theaters. It was just like, oh, are we going to see a movie? Okay. This sounds good. Um, And whoever thought that Redford could direct that young at that age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But okay, so River Runs Through It is the story um, of the McLean family uh, in Montana. They live in Missoula, I believe. 
and it's um like set or like mostly post uh world war two um and it tells the two uh, the story of two brothers uh norman and paul who are raised by uh, a presbyterian minister played by Tom Scarrett. Patron Saint. <laughs> we can't have a movie show without a Scarrett sighting. Nope. No. Makes me so happy. Um, he was a stern father, but uh, a loving father. And he educated the kids, but also taught them how to fly fish. Um, something that I really... I wrote in my notes, I don't understand fly fishing. <laughs> like, I, I don't <laughs> It looks beautiful. I do not understand it at all i don't understand how it works yeah, there are I, some gorgeous shots of like the line <laughs> coiling across the river in there yes but i didn't feel like i wanted to try it because no. of that it seems like a lot of hard work and he sets it to what's it called a metronome or the mm-hmm. yep. yes the the lutheran way right <laughs> no he's mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah right, right right um anyway so the kids are educated norman the older one goes off to um Dartmouth to get educated, which I was like, wow, that is a journey, like, in yeah, the 1920s yeah. to also, go. Also, six years. What, I know. I know. I was like, a bachelor? What, I mean, what are we ending up with here? <laughs> I, I did think that. Like, what did a Norman combined doing? bachelor master's. <laughs> he comes back, uh, is trying to decide what he's going to do with his future, and Paul, meanwhile, has Paul played by really, truly, like, I think, uh, like, objectively that Brad Pitt is a good-looking guy, but he doesn't really, like, do it for me that much. Like, I'm never, like, oh, lusting after Brad Pitt. He is so beautiful in this movie that there's been a couple – there were a couple of times that it was, like, kind of took my breath away a little bit. I, he, It's almost like a piece of art. Like, I don't want to make out with him. I just want to look at him because he's just so, <laughs> yeah. like – He's the Hollywood star of our generation yes. he know. was redford like he was yep. the, redford was anointing him like you are me now this is you're taking over this this role and he was he was golden in yes. this movie you yeah. know it's God. like he his charisma is undeniable yeah he is like and i actually think they use him well in this movie because he i what i've always contended and i'm not the only person is that he is, makes a really great character actor meaning like he's not the star of the show craig um who i'm like looking Shepherd. at this night i can i still can't ever remember his name but <laughs> he is the star but you know brad pitt is this sort of shining beacon of chaotic energy in this and so paul who played by brad pitt is um, a newspaper man and he's the fishing newspaper man and I think he's just this kind of wild kind of Capote-esque character where everybody yeah, knows him. a little him. bit of a raconteur sort yes. of. Yes and he's very charismatic but also obviously has like trouble brewing underneath you know he's a gambler he's a drinker um, but he's so charming that everybody is kind of won over by him. Yeah. Um and he's it, a character that you you he's burning too bright. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You, you know that there is not going to be a placid resolution to his story. Well, and even the parents kind of always know. You know, they it, like every time he's around, they're so excited that he's there. And then when they when he leaves to go out or go to the bar or whatever, they're like, okay, you know, just kind of girding their loins that uh, something bad is going to happen, which. Spoiler, eventually does happen. <laughs> um, so Norman is kind of trying to figure out what he's going to do. He meets a woman, um, Jesse, at a dance, and they start, sort of start dating. Okay, now let me tell you something. Um, 
Jesse's fine. She's way too. First of all, she she and Paul have way more chemistry than she and yeah. Norman. <laughs> but she's. I hate people. Like if somebody said to me, "I don't like Barbara Streisand," I would never say. Well, I might be like. She's a great singer, but you're wrong. But like, I would never say my mother loves Barbara Streisand. Like, no, that was very weird. <laughs> it's so weird when people are so defensive of their, I don't know, family taste in something. So anyway, Norman and Jesse start dating. There's this whole weird part where Norman has to take out Jesse's sort of semi Hollywood brother. They have to take him fishing, and then it's like this whole mess. But then it's okay because. You know, Norman tries to explain. And actually, that's sort of a sweet moment when Norman explains to Jesse, like, I'm not, I don't have any card tricks. I'm just like, I like you and I want to hang out with you. And I think she sort of falls for that. Um, And then, you know, it kind of, you think it's sort of going to be this happy resolution. Norman gets a job in Chicago as a professor, I think. And uh, he wants Jesse to go with them. They're all celebrating. And then one, so there's one really like lovely final scene with Norman and Paul and their dad and they go fly fishing and the dad realizes that Paul is just like this beautiful fisherman. He's like, he has his own style. That is really where Brad Pitt looks so beautiful. He's holding up the fish, which is kind of gross, but he's holding up the fish (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he's smiling and they're taking a picture and it's just like, Oh my God, he's in your right. And it's like, he's too, this is like his, starburst moment where like you're, he's going to burn out and you know that it's going to happen. And then kind of unceremoniously, the, <laughs> Robert Redford in narration says, and you know, they called me and told me that Paul was beat to death. And you're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, not the kind of movie that's going to get up in your face. With no. That. Um, in particular, one of my notes in this movie as I said, this is a perfect nap movie, which means <laughs> not, there's no loud noises in it. Nothing really like there's a couple of when, you know, he gets into a fight or whatever, but there's nothing like super dramatic that happens that you can put it on. And I have on a Saturday afternoon and you're like, oh, I like this movie. It's pretty. And then you take a nap and then you wake up and you're like, OK, it's ending now. <laughs> what happened? Um, I it's a very gentle movie. I. Uh, it, I have a, it's one of those that I definitely have a softness for, but it's like kind of boring except for maybe Brad Pitt. But yes, it's like this fantasy of maleness in this certain time, uh, this yep. kind of uncertain time, mm-hmm. honestly, and like what you're going to make of yourself. But yes, it yep. is very male. I mean, Robert Redford is telling a story about people that have never existed. Yes. <laughs> right? There's There's nobody who led that le- I mean despite the fact that it's based on a true, true story true but story I, I feel but, like it's sort of they're writing it like you know obviously like mythologizing their family right it's it's this fantasy of the blessed life in the sort of primitive early days untouched and, land yeah and charmed life kind of thing and, and most people's reality was was not like that. And that's why I really am fascinated by the contrast between A River Runs Through yes. It and Brokeback Mountain. Mm. Because Brokeback Mountain tells a story that is so much more real yep. and more grounded mm-hmm. in reality than this kind of golden glow. Well, and also if you think perfection. about it, if you think about it, like in Montana, I mean, I guess they are setting it mostly in the summertime. So it's like, oh, this is nice. I would say 
I've never been to Montana. I would like to go, but I would say that probably 75% of the time it is very cold <laughs> and not idyllic to go, you know, fly fishing all the time. It doesn't seem like it's that kind of place. Well, but... if you want it bad enough, it can happen. <laughs> well, and they They're... do these very, like, and I think you're right, they do these very gentle nods to racism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let me say, though, the lady, the actress who played, shoot, I can't oh, remember I her had, name. Yeah, I know. The Native Mabel? American woman. Yeah. She had as much Native American blood as I do. <laughs> yeah. Pretty I, was, I was very white. She yeah, was very white. Maybe Italian. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and I was like, along. you couldn't, you couldn't find an yeah. Indian lady? Yeah. yeah. They could. Not yeah. in 1992. They couldn't. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. They just didn't want yeah. to. I was like, yeah. mm, Mm, yeah. This did not wear well. No, it no. did not. Rob. I had never seen the movie before. And like you said, slow. That's a nice way to put it. I was like, what's more boring, fishing or watching movies about fishing? <laughs> yeah, the first, That's the first half, thing I thought. The first half or two thirds of the movie is a little bit of a slog. Yeah. 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 But yeah, then it was like. And then he died. Yeah. Like, so we yeah. just watched this for this whole time and then that's it. Yeah, pretty much. I wonder if I would like have more appeal. It was more appealing if I had seen it at the time. Well, and that's the thing is it, like I said now, because I know what's going to happen. It is like a perfect nap movie for me because I'm like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. There's no surprises no. or whatever. Um, no, it is pretty, uh, it is pretty boring. I mean, it honestly, <laughs> besides the beautiful cinema, I think it did yeah, win it an Oscar pretty. for cinematography. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Robert Redford is, you know, he's actually a pretty good director. I mean, it's like Ordinary People is, is good. I love Quiz Show. I actually think that's a great movie. Um, so he's done some good movies, but this is sort of this idyllic, you know, back to nature kind of, kind of thing. Um, what else? That? The, but the score also with this one is really beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I have any more notes in this. Um, I think, I think there are some interesting Currents, haha, there. Um, in the relationship between the two brothers, yeah. the way that Norman is clearly jealous yeah. a little bit of Paul and like in but, awe of him as well. Yes, and yeah. clearly adores him, but has a competition between the two of them that's not always um, healthy. Yeah, I don't think you know, there are a couple of scenes or. Uh, in the beginning, when they steal the rowboat and go over the um, little rapids, oh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, that, that's not a good decision on his part, and that's completely because he doesn't, you know, want to let Paul down or punk yeah. out or whatever. So there's some interesting family dynamics going on there, but it's super subtle. Yes, re like very subtle because they do have one fight, but it, then it's quickly kind of done with like they, they don't really address it any anymore and it's always just sort of like kind of sad disappointment in Paul but also like oh we got to respect his career kind of got to have to respect his method you know because right. he's gonna right. do what he's gonna do and there's the way that Paul always refers to Norman as the professor in this slightly mocking sort of way mm-hmm. that it's not really complimentary but kind of is yes it's interesting yeah. I think yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, 
finally, I've totally forgot, even though I'd seen it recently, that I forgot that there's a tiny Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the very beginning. Oh, Baby, he's Joey so Gordon-Levitt. Cute. <laughs> and it's introducing bl- Joseph yes. Gordon-Levitt. And introducing. I wanted to make sure we got that in there. <laughs> he's so little. He looks exact same, though. Like, you can yeah. spot mm-hmm. that face oh, from yeah. a mile away. Even though he's like 11 or 10 or I don't know, I didn't mm. look it up. It's like some people look one way as kids and then they grow up as adults and they look like totally different people. No, but he, he looks, looks absolutely like himself. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been watching him in that super pumped show. Oh, right. And so he has a very different character. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's exactly the same. I know. Yep. He is. Anyway, yeah, thanks for slogging through my nap movie with me. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, the first half was a little tough, but the second half went down more easily than I expected it to. Yeah. So yeah. I did not mind. Montana's that beautiful. At all. It's a beautiful it, place. It's to... a beautiful movie. Yeah. So yeah. I was happy to watch it. Well, from one kind of river to another <laughs> kind of river, <laughs> uh, we're going to go to 1994's The River Wild, a Meryl Streep. <laughs> action pick that was my choice <laughs> i was so had anyone ever seen this before oh yeah. yes that's you why had. that's okay. why i picked it i saw it in the theaters i think i did in too i know i saw it a long time ago and i don't I had never think, heard of it i don't think even then that i necessarily was like whoa this is a great movie but for some reason i've always remembered it and i've thought about it on and off for the last 20 odd years Oh, 20. Oh, God. Approaching 30 years. <laughs> no, God. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted to watch it again to be like, what What was this movie and why did it lodge itself in my brain uh, this way? And so the story is about Gail, a uh, Meryl was 45, yeah. but she has like, what, a six-year-old daughter? Yeah. So she's probably supposed to be about 40. Uh, she is a teacher living in Boston. Is that yep. right? Yep. I mean, it does not matter. Uh, oh, it um, matters because oh, the opening matters. sequence yes. of rowing on the Charles yep. is. Well, that was the first thing I wrote down in, very in my, my notes is that's a, that's a out and out movie trope by this point is someone doing this solo cruise session on the Charles to open the movie. Mm-hmm. There's got to be dozens of movies that start that way. It, it always makes me laugh. And then this movie's liberal use of the water is wide folk song <laughs> over and over oh my God. And over and over. What a tortured abuse of the public domain. Uh, I know. Well, when you don't have to pay for it, you're going to make use for it. So anyway, so Gail is this Bostonian. She's married. Um, it's a, a rocky relationship with Tom, David Strathairn. Things are Honestly, not going I thought they were divorced. Well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't just introduced. I thought basically, he was coming to see the kids. Yeah, he's basically a workaholic and she can't get him to engage in the family and they have this delightful son (laughs) who was i think way less less annoying joseph mazzello when he was at timmy in jurassic park he was cute in Mm -hmm. jurassic park i don't know if if it's because he's a couple of years older or whatever but whatever he's like 10 or something (laughs) and gail is going to take rourke on this rafting trip down one of the snakes big snake little snake snake, whatever rivers Mm -hmm. in idaho where she was a uh 
a river rafting guide. She wants to, the stated reason it's going to be his birthday. She's going to take him on this trip. They're going to raft the river. She wants him to see it and experience it before it gets all polluted. (laughs) And uh, Tom's supposed to go. And then he has too much work. And then at the last minute, he shows up with his laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Question mark. Work and raft. (laughs) I guess, and I, I have to ask, who brings their dog on a rafting <laughs> oh, trip? Oh, I can't that even. That I was... don't understand. They got Maggie the dog all crated up. So they're in for this wonderful time, and Gail and Tom are not really doing so well, and they're beginning to talk maybe about divorce. And then part of the way down the river, they meet Wade and Terry, played by Kevin Spacey in full creep mode. No, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Ke- Bacon. Uh, Kevin, well, you could get creep mode either way. Yes, thank you, Kevin Bacon. Boy, what a swap and that would be. <laughs> John C. Riley, a young John C. Riley, as uh, two good-natured strangers who really don't know what they're doing on the river and kind of get hooked up with Gail and Tom and Rourke, and they make a little pod, and they're having a great time, and then turns out that Wade and Terry aren't such nice people after all. <laughs> And uh, they are, in fact, uh, uh, bad guys who robbed the cattle auction and killed somebody there. And they are making a slow speed getaway down the river while (laughs) everybody thinks they have Mm -hmm. they have jumped the border to Canada. They are, in fact, rafting down the snake and they will disappear with their green duffel bag of money. And nobody's any the wiser until they are possibly maybe double crossed by their partner who kind of knows the river and they kill him and take Gail and Tom and Rourke hostage to run them not only down the river, but through the gauntlet, which is a legendary set of rapids that people are not even allowed to attempt to traverse anymore. Gail did it as a teenager, but she knows that she can't do it now. As Benjamin Bratt tells us. Oh, young Benjamin oh, Bratt. This was before Law and Order. Ranger yeah. Johnny. I was like, okay, shot. can he be playing a Native American? I looked it up and his mother is Peruvian Inca. Okay. okay. So, We're getting closer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. I, I'll, I'll take it. That way, they do so, say some racist stuff to him, so he kind they of surely it. they surely do. Mm-hmm. They so, cut his pan flute solo, so he's going to have to work a little <laughs> yeah. harder to prove the Peruvian connection. Um, so this is not a subtle movie, no. unlike the last couple of movies that we've talked about. This is a full-on glossy. I don't know what the budget was. Semi-large budget action yeah. movie. There is. Um, no fat in it. Anytime anybody says anything or does anything, you know that's going to come into play later on, like yes. the fact that Gil's parents or her father is deaf. So she mm-hmm. and uh, Tom and Rourke all speak ASL. Uh, gosh, I wonder if that's going <laughs> to come I in I thought anywhere. there's no way this doesn't have a use later on. Like, yep. why else would they do this? Right. Yep. The appearance of the Native American pictographs. <laughs> so all, Gail all could expo- explain it. <laughs> She's Vision the great explainer. And smoke signals. <laughs> it's all a very, this is not based on a short story. <laughs> this is <laughs> very much a Hollywood by the numbers script. But you know what? I dig Meryl. Yeah, dig Meryl oh, yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. She does something with this part she that's kicks more ass. Yep. than well, people would have to do. I remember when it came out, it was like, can Meryl be an actor? You know, is she going to be an action star? And 
Like, can she do this even? You know, it was kind of a big deal. And I think it, like, weirdly didn't do as well as they wanted it to at the box office. But I actually think that it's still, like, I still hear people talk about it some. And it was, like, definitely a movie that I just hadn't seen. And it was like, oh, you know what? She actually can do it. And I, not for nothing, it's not about this, but... Man, she looks great in this movie. Like yeah, the whole look, mm-hmm. I'm like very into the whole look that she has going on in this. She looks so much like her daughter. Oh my yep. god! Yeah, yep. I've heard this four million times in my life. My stepdad went to high school with Meryl Streep. Oh wow! Oh, my oh really? Gosh. I will never, never not hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> She's a couple has years older. Has he seen this him. movie? I'm sure he's seen every Meryl Streep movie a hundred times. <laughs> well, I sort of think that maybe one of the reasons that I remember this is that Kevin Bacon, as I said, is in full psycho mode and he's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he played a psycho on um White Water Summer too. White River Do you remember that movie? Uh-uh. No. It was with Sean Astin and te- he takes teens on a white river raft um and then creepy. just goes full psycho. Yeah. So I was like, oh maybe he really is into rafting and so <laughs> in real life but i think he's he's very good yeah. in this movie he is. i he's Plays legitimately disturbing and very kind of rapey in a way that yeah i thought there icky. was going to be some assault for sure well yeah and you can kind of see you know because tom and gail are having issues whatever and you can kind of see like this guy he does a good job of you know, sucking up to her in the way that she needs to be. And yeah, like kind of exploiting oh, the situation. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I can see how you'd be like charmed by him, and then immediately like repelled by him a little bit. Like, ooh, ooh there's something. Well, there's that scene, like that ghost esque scene where she's when she's bathing. To... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, teaching yeah. Him how to fly like, fish. Right. Teaching him how to fly it fish. It all comes together. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, this is too much. Like, that's <laughs> inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> But that's how you teach people to fly fish, Meredith. But her husband's right there. It's like you don't give a strange woman a foot massage. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I had fun. I, it was very, very silly. And I think one of the reasons why I didn't see it originally was because, like, it was positioned as, like, it's Deliverance with Meryl Streep. And, like, I guess kind of in a way, but not really. Like, not it doesn't really. have that kind of really, like, really dark underbelly like it's just an action flick you know it's like Mm -hmm. a a woman saves the day kind of action flick that's what it is and i guess david sterthan does as well oh it it, i think this movie is the origin of my continued fondness for david i love well you know that um i have i I love david oh wait but did you know also this is another little trivia david sterthan's daughter son and meryl streep's daughter were briefly married like briefly like for like for like six months or something. And it was like pretty recently, like in the past couple of years. Everybody was like, oh, that's so great. Oh, never mind. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he was also in sneakers playing a blind man. Which yes. Whenever... <laughs> I, I love him sort of running around in the wilderness getting his MacGyver on yes. as he sets up the trap yep. to catch them coming down the river. I think that's great. And uh, he the best relationship development in the movie is between Tom and Maggie the dog. <laughs> yes, yeah. they yes. really bond. <laughs> she finally listens to him. Yep. All, the first although time I re- she obeys him, <laughs> I refuse to believe that that dog jumped off a cliff. No, oh, she would way. Not. No, I refuse. It just did. It doesn't. 
A dogs are too smart no, for that. No, a dog would not. <laughs> My sweet old Molly would do anything I said. I don't think she would have done that. Also, she hated no, water. She's like, but she oh, fuck you. No. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I have a sense of self-preservation, so no thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But, you know, it all works out with the the bang-up Hollywood ending that you would expect. Ke- uh, Kevin Bacon's death scene was <laughs> something to behold as he's like, <laughs> he, he worked that with for the money. all of his words. He's well, she down really the hesitated and... for a long... I mean, I saw this movie a real long time ago, so it was like almost watching it for the first time, and I was like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him! <laughs> and she's like pointing the gun and like thinking and thinking and thinking. Like, come on! It was like very possible that she wasn't going to do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then he's like in in Jesus pose on the river and <laughs> his, his like eyes are bugging out of his head and like, I thought it more, was more. so silly. I was like he may as well have like X's over his eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Oh, no, I enjoyed it. You know, it. but and of course uh, this traumatic experience resolved all of Gail and Tom's issues. They're now happily <laughs> married. They're making out at the end. Working all the time. Yep. They yeah, were like, everything. Nice. They were like really making out at the end. Like, yeah, they kind were. Of, they were. <laughs> like, kind of, I was like, wait, is that the end? Like, well, there was like, a little kissing. bit of a romance. Like, she was like, are you making a pass at me? And he's like, we're basically so estranged that, that I guess that's what it is. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> but then they got interrupted. So. You know, maybe there was some tension building up. Yeah. Yeah, some sexual tension building up. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, all in all, not a bad way to spend no. the afternoon with yeah. a dumb movie. No, it was fun. It was the, yeah, it was it was the only one of these that I hadn't seen. So I, um, on my San Francisco trip, I, well, because I'm bad at, at pre-planning anything, I um, hadn't watched any of the movies, but I gave myself a pad day. So Monday, I was like, you know what? I'm starting my day with the River Wild, and then I'm continuing on. It was a great way to start my day. I I was surprised, though. I had to stop in the middle. You know, when Gail and Tom have now realized that uh, Wade and Terry are bad news, and yeah. they decide they're going to sneak off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, grab the raft, and and they're and so they have to pick up Rourke on the way. And he's like, I know, I want to go with Wade. I hate you. You're the worst. I actually had to turn the movie off because I was getting too anxious. Because I was so mad at that kid. He was so the fucking worst. annoying. So mm-hmm. annoying. Rourke. I was like sympathetic to him in the very beginning because I heard him them say Roar. And I was like, oh, is his name Rory? That's so cute. And I looked it up on IMDb and I was like, Rourke. Oh, I had the oh. captions on. I was like, what kind of, what kind of 2020 yeah. name is Rourke? <laughs> 1990, whatever this was. Oh, God. God, love Meryl. She's great. Yeah. Mary Louise. She can do anything. She really can. She really can. Well, you know, I suppose the logical place to conclude this is with the best movie on this list. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Picked by Christy. Get into our internet bought time machine. Uh, Yes. And travel to 2004, but it seems like 1989. But also, to, this is the most 2004 movie that I have ever seen, yeah. where I'm like, I feel like I am in 2004 with every oh, line totally. spoken. Yes. Um, so I picked this movie because I loved it. I saw it in the theater at least three times. I had moon boots. I was like all in at least two t-shirts that were Napoleon Dynamite themed. Vote for um, Pedro. 
vote for Pedro and then just a red one with him on it and it said like I have skills um, <laughs> like <laughs> we so. still say your mom goes to college like to each other several times like yes even before we rewatch so, this we watched it and I was like Elliot is gonna love this movie okay <laughs> so we are watching it as a family and we're and I was like you can stay up you can stay up on you're like school I'm night a cool and we're gonna mom. watch it this is a holiday um, movie Halfway through, it was like, I am very, was like rocking back and forth. I'm really stressed. I don't like this because it's so cringy and like people were so mean to him and, and it just did not like it. Um, and then also was like, why is this popular? (laughs) Um, like just, and Jeremy and I are cracking up because he loved it just as much. And so every time there was like a, (laughs) <laughs> or your mom goes to college we would say it again like and gosh i was just like you guys are so bo-. and i was like we can turn it off and go to bed no i'll watch it <laughs> <laughs> um but it takes place in preston idaho one of the reasons i picked it is because i i lived in idaho about an hour away from this and basically these towns are on your way to salt lake city like that's basically what they are the um it looks exactly like that town bus situation like everything was exactly like this and so i felt like i was um taken back to that time which <laughs> was really bad time but um just the fact that they are about 20 years behind in fashion and everything that is so like that was like spot on 75 percent of the charm yeah yeah and and just the bullies like that just happened like um, the, bu- the high school bully who looks 34 <laughs> yeah. yes yes um and then um what was the other oh the food the weird food that is <laughs> all like food, straight mostly. out of straight out of idaho um <laughs> gives me lots of flashbacks but um i could laugh at it yeah because it was amazing um i did so did a little bit of research about the film and his amazing dance at the end was all improv mm. and they only had 10 minutes worth of film like it was f- filmed for what like very oh four hundred thousand dollars wow for the whole thing you don't say but <laughs> and, I'm where, where did where was that money spent <laughs> i'm sure it was the music no, yeah probably <laughs> right? totally getting that music uh license. the final song being the final song from center stage i found a connection um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they had only had about 10 minutes left of tape left so uh, film and so they were like you have to do it like this is it and it had, you have to nail it the first time. So, yeah. John like, Peter's I mean, got some moves. He does. He, oh, my gosh. I can't. He said that Tina helped him. Tina, what is her name? Tina Major, Majorino. Majorino. Yeah. She was such a good actress. She was. Child actress. She was. She was really good. And her side yeah. ponytail was, was fantastic. Oh, so good. And just her style, yeah. you know, when she was styling. <laughs> I, when I. I drinking 1%. <laughs> no. because you think you're fat I really relate to uh, Napoleon in that I I've corrected it a little bit as I've got, grown older but I feel like a family trait of all the Livingston kids is a, 
open mouthness. <laughs> like if you catch me like in repose, like watching TV, I, my mouth is probably open. Like Your I just have breather. sort of like, yes, mouth <laughs> breather. That is. I had that in my notes. It said, "Why are they all slack jawed all the time? All yes. of them. All of them." Well, that's what happens when you live in Idaho on your way to Salt Lake. Oh, I, I really feel it in my bones where I'm just like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, so here's the question, because I'm a little bit with Elliot on this one in that, like, there's a lot of funny stuff in this movie, mm-hmm. but I don't quite get it. Um, and I don't know if I'm like missing something specific, but are we supposed to like Napoleon? Because he's not a very nice person. I've never no. understood the, this the point of this movie. I've seen it so many times and I love it and I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think it's just yeah. a big mood. Like, yeah. 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 It's like, because because he's, like a snapshot in time. Yeah. He's no one's likable except Tina. Tr- yeah. True. Yeah. He's like, you could feel sorry for him because he clearly is bullied and he's aware of his um, social standing and he doesn't like it, but he lacks the skills to uh improve his social standing but he's also so mean (laughs) i do kind of think though there is like that part of your life when you're like i don't know 15 to 17 or whatever or even the like kind of dorky kids they're like oh like you know you would think that they would be nicer because they're like i'm dorky or they would realize but they're Mm -hmm. actually like ruder because they're trying to like prove a point or something i don't know I I do. I think it, I, Bobby. I think you said it. It was like a big mood. It was a big 2004 mood, and we were. It was just these vignettes that we thought were so funny. Like mm-hmm. this is so funny, and yeah, there were times now where I was like, just. I mean, I don't know why. Like, eat Tina fat lard. Like that always <laughs> made me laugh for some reason. Like calling an animal a fat lard like is funny. To well, me. it's because it was the only person that's less powerful than <laughs> yes, him, yeah. and not even a person, right? <laughs> And like, I mean, if you deep, like you, I started to think like, I never wondered why are him and his 32 year old brother living with the grandmother? Where are the parents? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I thought about all so that stuff you... and I just came to no answer. So I stopped. I was like, okay, <laughs> there aren't answers here. Yeah. And I think it must have been at the time that it came out, there had been nothing really like that or had it been Definitely. in a while. Like that that's where we were just like, unique. what? Yeah. Like what is even happening here? Yeah. So and it was brightly colored, yeah. like yeah. everything. Yeah. The the homework I did for this was to just pull up a list of Fox Searchlight films, <laughs> because no, I genuinely, I, 2004 was a real turning point for. I mean, they had done stuff before 2004 that was notable, like 28 Days Later and One Hour Photo. There's a super creepy movie, oh. and oh. but they're all of their like real accolades came. Right after Napoleon Dynamite. So Garden mm-hmm. State came out like a month and a half later. I Heart Huckabees was 2004. Sideways was 2004. Ugh, this yeah. is giving me flashbacks to college. I don't like it. Well, right. <laughs> right. But isn't that very much like the flavor of that? And then yeah. two years later, yeah. it's Little yes. Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for smoking. Mm-hmm. It was in two, uh, 06. Mm-hmm. So did like, they do Juno? Because it seems very... I, th- I can't remember if they did Juno or... If... Oh, they did. That's yeah, a good 2007. question. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem very... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all very much in that same aesthetic and then leading all the way up to Slumdog Millionaire. So, like, yeah. yeah, it was very much the kickoff of that wave of these movies that had that kind of quirky, it's we're like going to be quirky, to be quirky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Give me some of your tots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid and we all so laugh this, at that. This, this, was the, this was the summer between high school and college for me. Uh, and so, yeah, like this was a movie that came out with MTV Films. I know. Like, the, yeah. Second in, yeah. the second MTV Films movie that we have covered. Do you know the other one is? 10 Things I Hate About You. No. So oh, without my... No. But I don't know. Was, was 10 Things I Hate About You MTV? So maybe it's the third. I thought uh, it was, but maybe I'm wrong. Election was an MTV. Oh, yeah. Oh. Which is so weird because that's like a kind of oh. high, highfalutin when, movie. When that came on, Elliot's like, the channel that shows ridiculousness? <laughs> 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 oh, that that also reminds me. The... um. The time machine, that's actually a real thing. I mean, it doesn't work, but you can buy it online. There <laughs> oh. there was an episode of uh, Robin Biggs' a Fantasy Factory where they bought one. Oh, God. <laughs> and they went to the guy that built it. Um, <laughs> God. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that, a wonderful performance by Haley Duff. Actually, she does play yes. a good bitch. Oh, my gosh. So, like, her and the principal being just, like, out racist. That's also very Idaho. It'll be Sorry summer for everyone that lives there. Uh, I said center stage. That was a bad faux pas. I was thinking of Save the Last Dance, which was an MTV production. Bobby. <laughs> and a movie I saw on a date. Um, yeah. That's a good one. Well, the... The Haley Duff's boyfriend reminds me of every blonde Mormon kid that I went to school with. <laughs> uh, I, though, I think that was also what was great is that there was no swearing. I mean, because it was all Mormon, all Mormon cast, all, you know, they wrote it, directed or whatever. But that made it funny at the same it time, did right? It funnier. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I, I like that they didn't kiss at the end, even though it's implied that like, oh, maybe they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but they're just playing like tetherball or whatever yeah they're both so <laughs> awkward i don't know if they'll ever kiss even if they get married there is a, a sweetness to the core of yes. this movie mm-hmm. yeah. but i don't think it's them i think it's kip and lafonda yes oh, yes. oh they were the so great Indy. yes yeah. and yes. and it's re- it's a really nice thing that i mean this guy is a Mm-hmm. How does one describe <laughs> it without insulting a lot of people? It's amazing he's just that hopeless. He got a girlfriend. Yes. He's mm-hmm. hopeless, and he's telling these stories about you know this woman that he's chatting on, and she's going to come visit him, and we're all like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And then she gets off the bus, and she's gorgeous, she's beautiful, yeah. and yeah. she's totally into him for him. Oh my god! And for some reason, the version that I um that I watched, it didn't have their wedding yeah, on it. Same. You know, because I, that's my favorite part is when he sings the song that he After wrote the credits. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's right. I watched Mine didn't all either. the way through the credits and it wasn't there. That's weird. It was there for me on whatever streaming platform I I don't yeah. remember what I watched it oh, on. Oh man, but, that was the best. But I part. love that scene and like her family, whatever the you know, the male relative is like sitting <laughs> at the wedding and buried is, in his hands. Oh yeah, he's like, what <laughs> the fuck is this? <laughs> and uh, they're so happy together. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets their happy ending in this movie. Yeah, yeah. even Uncle Rico. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my god uncle rico <laughs> he was such a creeper <laughs> um i forget what the actor's name is but of course best known for his seminal work as laszlo hollyfeld in the val kilmer 1985 <laughs> movie real genius which we will be watching at some point 
Oh, man. No, but this, I mean, this was the last one that I did watch, and I was like, this is just, it's like such a dumb movie, but it's, it's kind so of. And it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, since when do high school elections have a skit component? Yeah. I know. <laughs> At the last minute. I feel, so the one thing about the cake, remember when he asked her out to, with a cake? That's very Idaho. Like, you, um, that was something when I moved there, I was like, what is happening? Like everybody before promposals were a thing, they really got into it in Idaho. You'd make a cake for asking someone out on a date or to the Tolo dance or like all of that. It's a it Tolo was very dance. weird. When the girls asked the oh, boys. Like a Sadie Hawkins kind of. Yeah. Got it. Um, and then, gosh, what were we just saying? Gosh. Gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it's, um, yeah, it's just very, very weird. Weird place. Yeah. Well, I the, no, I have never I have not been to any of these states, and um, Idaho might be low on the list, but I really do want to go mm. to Montana and, and um, Wyoming. It looks really pretty. They all look beautiful. Honestly. Yeah, I, I yeah. would. I would go to any of those places. Yeah, I, I have yeah. been to all of them simply on a week long summer school field trip that wow. I did before ninth mm. grade for earth science and it was a geology field trip so we went to yellowstone and grand tetons and all of that stuff and it's it is absolutely stunning country yeah that is like so sparsely populated Mm -hmm. aren't there pretty Mm -hmm. parts of idaho yeah oh there are it's just the people right (laughs) we're watching uh, wayward pines right now (laughs) i watched it when it first came out and i'm making gregory watch it now and i think it's theoretically in idaho and it's beautiful (laughs) Yeah, there's like beautiful rivers and mountains and, mountains and, stuff, yeah. and yeah. Well, you know, as sparsely populated and maybe not a ton of movies that are from this area, I actually really enjoyed watching all of these movies. I mean, Me too. you know, I thought it was, I actually thought we had a good spectrum of like very serious and sad to obviously like very silly and funny. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it gave a good spectrum. And don't forget the action blockbuster. And the action-packed <laughs> blockbuster. <laughs> no, it was fun. I, I, I was not bored. I mean, I know River and Seward is boring, but it, it, <laughs> but I, I wasn't bored through any of them. I enjoyed them all. Agreed. Yeah. Well, that takes us to our question of the week. And Bobby claims there's only four choices, but I bet you guys can come up with some more. Yeah. What movie makes you think of Montana, Wyoming, or Idaho? I'd like to know. Yeah. And how quickly will someone answer my own private Idaho, which none of us chose to watch? <laughs> I've never seen it either. No, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Well, Next road trip. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess that brings us to Tishi Recommends. Um, I have been dying to talk to anybody about the sh- Netflix show Old Enough. Have any of you watched this? No. No, no, no. I haven't even heard of it. Right it's now. adorable. Uh-oh. It's a Japanese. If Christy hasn't heard of it. I know. I know. This is a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like a lot of people have been talking about it on other podcasts I've been listening to. So this is a Japanese Wait, show. Wait, you listen to other podcasts? A Meredith. couple. Um, Freedom was talking about it, and that's what I mean by everybody is talking about it. <laughs> um, this is a Japanese show um, that has been airing in Japan for a really long time, but it just came to Netflix a few weeks ago. It's called Old Enough, and it is three to six-year-olds going on errands by themselves. Oh, it's Old Enough! Exclamation oh! mark from 1990. Yeah, 
I've it seen is, a clip from it, and it's so cute to it watch is this. the cutest thing I've ever seen. The episodes are very short. They're, like, maybe 12 minutes. Um, so it's very good, like, eye bleach. Because we've been watching a lot of bad and or scary shows lately, like Babylon 5 and Supernatural and stuff. And I get real spooked real quick. And so sometimes it's like, okay, before we watch X-Files, I need to, like, clear the cash like I need to watch something sweet (laughs) and so old enough is the perfect little antidote to this and it's these adorable little Japanese children who are sent on errands by their parents and they go by themselves or maybe sometimes with a little friend who's also a tiny child and they like walk around the town by themselves and like buy curry or buy like fish or something for their parents and bring it back and there's a camera crew that follows them and they have like a safety crew as well i think who like make sure they don't get hit by cars but for the most part like they're they're handling it themselves and it's it's interesting like it's adorable on its face but it's also really interesting because we definitely don't allow kids to do that Mm -mm. stuff here Mm -mm. (laughs) right like we're so afraid that they're gonna get uh, abducted or something um or hit by a car but like they are like teaching these kids how to handle this stuff i assume um long before this so they know the shopkeepers and they know the way and they know how to deal with traffic and they know how to wait for cars and things like that and there's like i think it might be the first episode the kid has like a little flag that he holds to like show cars that he's crossing the street (laughs) it is the cutest thing i've ever seen in my life (laughs) i'm gonna have to check it out yeah i will netflix you said yep okay love it old enough I'm watching it's been a while and since. it is subtitled it's in japanese it's subtitled Ugh, i'm out well, <laughs> reading. i have subtitles on everything all the yes. time anyway. me too so this me too is no different than anything else i watch yeah. i think it was six when the gas station attendant told my mother she could not send me in to buy cigarettes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wish I, they had a camera on you. That'd be so cute. You're like, can I have some palmoles, please? Oh no, no, she was she was a Marbs Mar- Marlboro 100s. Okay. She had oh, you taste. You put them in your briefcase. <laughs> Those long skinny ones, they're better for you. <laughs> they're healthy. All right, let if you would like to get involved with the show, go to theshowaseverything.com. Go to our Facebook group, which is T She or the Show Has Everything on Facebook. Um, show Twitter is T She Show. Um, email us at tshishow at gmail.com and you can send us a voicemail memo there too or fax Bobby because he's at home sick uh, at <laughs> 617-354-8513. That was everything. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> but wait. That wasn't everything because, and I forgot that I was going to tell you the line from uh, oh. River Wild that reminded yep. me of you. Mm-hmm. It was... I don't think you know me well enough to know to tell if I'm anxious or efficient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, Anne. <laughs> yep. Uh, Perfect. Uh, okay. I'll take it. You're efficient. That's what you are. I'm both. Also, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> Poor
Yeah. I'm a little annoyed. I mean, I know because they couldn't, they didn't want to have it be like NC-17 or whatever. But you got two set of titties, no dick well, at all. Know. And well, a, you got some, some slight flash when they jumped into the water, like a yeah. tiny, tiny bit. Yeah, but I saw both of their areolas, and I yep. did not see. It's <laughs> not fair. Um. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to put that on the beginning of the show. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there you. <laughs> 